Ideal Ultra Podcast. Welcome to the first ever episode of A Backyard Ultra Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to the Backyard Ultra, with race recaps, race reviews, interviews, and more. So I was really lucky to have Tim Walsh agree to be interviewed for this first ever episode of A Backyard Ultra Podcast. But before I play it, um, there have been a couple of Backyard Ultras run recently, and I'd like to go through those results. First one is GV Last One Standing in Shepparton, which was on the 9th of September. Matt Doob was the last one standing with 31 yards. Phil Ryan was the assist. And I'd like to shout out the runners who lasted at least 24 yards, Shane Matthews and Peter Big Bird Mitchell. On the 16th of September, we had the No Time to Die Backyard Ultra in Adelaide. Kevin Matthews was the last one standing with 33 yards. Rebecca Bumer was the assist with 32. Jen Millam lasted 29. Travis Saunders lasted 28. Donna Urquhart, 26. Andrew Herriman, 26. Michael Smale, 25. And Margie Hadley, 24. So as I mentioned, I was really, really lucky to have Tim Walsh from Dead Cow Gully agree to come on as a guest on this episode. We had a really good chat. I hope you enjoy it, and here it is. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Tim. Um, first off, I'll, um, I re- reckon we'll just uh, ask about your running journey. How did you get into running? How long have you been doing it? All up to the point of like leading into when you first heard about Backyard Ultras. Yeah, no worries, Pato. And um, look, thanks for having me on. And uh, just a warning to your listeners, I've, I've got a bit of a chest infection. So if you hear a bit of a coughing attack, um, that'll be me. So just, just bear with me. So um, I, uh, I got into running um, more seriously when I, um, when I gave up our alcohol. So um, I, look, I, I wouldn't say I was a big drinker, but I was, I was a regular drinker and I would drink most nights. So I had this sort of bad habit of finishing work and driving through the bottle o and, and grabbing a few drinks. And, um, yeah, I just sort of reflected on... Um, on my drinking habits and I sort of, I couldn't remember a night where I hadn't had a drink. So yeah, I just started off, you know, giving up for a week and, and that went to two weeks and, and that also coincided with, you know, when you kind of give up alcohol, you sort of, you kind of want to better yourself with your health too, your health and your diet. So I started turning up to park run and really enjoy that community vibe and the community spirit and, um yeah just starting off real slow and you sort of get your time down over time and you do your 5k and then you get really excited and then you think about doing the 10k and um and that's where the journey starts and you just start searching up all these youtube documentaries and eventually you stumble across ultra running and and that's what really kind of um you know captures the imagination and i guess um yeah i i haven't done an ultra myself which i should disclose that but um yeah i just sort of started getting into running so you know i managed to do a few half marathons and and that type of thing and i um 
I just really thought that this is the this is the crowd, this is the tribe I wanted to to hang around. Yeah, and I think it was probably that probably a run Queensland event like um, Biwa. I think Biwa at Daybreak um, by Run Queensland. I just really liked the people there. I really liked Brett, um, the race director, and just just a really cool vibe. And it was just so exciting. And um, yeah, before I really got into running myself um, and taking it more seriously, I started thinking about you know um, events and and planning a event myself. So mm. um, I kind of skipped a few steps there yeah yeah so so what year was it about when you did your first park run do you remember yeah it would have been probably um would have been probably 2019 yeah i'd say because your yeah, dead cow gully sort of started around um early 2020 that's yeah. when i kind of mapped out the course and um we did our first training run. I think it was probably around around May, twenty twenty. Just just six people. And we did two loops, yeah. And we got a photographer out, and yeah, she took some photos, and um, I sort of uploaded them to Facebook, and that's that's when people kind of saw the course for the first time. So um, yeah, just doing five k's, Pato, and um, yeah, five k's, ten k's, and um unfortunately mate i'm just not that consistent i'm just um i'm slowly getting back into it but um what about yourself are you are you a big are you a big ultra runner yourself oh well i've I've got a similar story to you actually um i wouldn't yeah look i've I've been running for about three years Mm. and um last year was the first year i did it like full-time sort of like dead serious like try to run every single day kind of thing Uh um i ran my first ultra this year i've done two i've done two backyard ultras this year i did um mvp because i'm Uh victorian so i did mvp did 16 yards excellent so i was pretty happy with that but Mm. then um and then a few weeks ago i did um the shepperton um Backyard Ultra and did twenty two. So, whoa! So you've you've gone from sixteen to twenty two. That's a that's a pretty good progression there. Yeah, I was happy with. Look, I was happy I, I improved, but um, I wanted to do at least twenty four, but I just couldn't do it. But look, it's the first year I've started doing ultras, so I mm. think um, next year is the year I'm really fired up to really start. In improving even more do you know what i mean this, this was mm-hmm. the more like the year for me to dip my toes in the water and yeah yeah and just see how i like it and i just love it mm. but do you remember do you remember the first time you heard about backyard ultras yeah yeah so i um i signed up for the clint eastwood in um in Oxley in Brisbane and um yeah I just I must have stumbled across a backyard ultra just just on YouTube because I think if you get into ultra running you you kind of find out who this Lazarus Lazarus Lake <laughs> character is and, you, and yeah. you watch the Barclay marathon um doco and all of a sudden it's just like holy cow this is a whole different world and then you sort of go down the road and you discover the backyard ultra so yeah I just quickly just signed up for Clinique, the Clint Eastwood and 
um, I went down to the course and did a, a training run with the Brisbane Trail Runners. And, yeah, we just – I think I must have done uh, maybe three or four loops with them. But, yeah, I had a chat with them, and, and they were just all raving about this event and how cool it was and how different it was and and just the general vibe. And, yeah, I was just kind of um, – as I was running around with them, I was just sort of thinking, oh, God, I wonder if I could measure out a 6.7 back on, back on the cattle property in Nanango. And I just sort yeah. of – I started thinking about it, and as I was driving home, I'm thinking, God, I reckon we could have a really good course. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> pretty sure we could do a full loop. Like, I don't think we could – it's big enough. It's big enough to do a full loop and not have the out and back. And then I literally drove home, and I started mapping it out and um, <laughs> just looking at all the different routes. And um, it wasn't until a couple of weeks later when I kind of discovered the gully that you could actually run through it. And, um, yeah, that really makes the course. Like Dead Cow Gully is his proper trail. It's about seven, yeah. 800 metres in the gully. And um, unfortunately, because of all the rainfall we've had, that's been out of action for a little yeah. while. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard there's a bit of rain going around in Queensland at the moment. A hell of a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've had rainfalls, Pato, going back a long time on the property and it's it's the wettest we've had in 50 years yeah. so um yeah the water table's right up and yeah it's very unusual to get winter rain but yeah we've had flooding throughout winter yeah so, so, so tell me about the property like how long you've you've been there I've, I've done a bit of research but i'd like to hear it from you like how um how long have you been there the, the story behind the property and everything like that yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, we've been here for quite a while. So uh, the Walsh family came out from Ireland, and I believe they kind of, um, I think they arrived in Melbourne, and they might have been sort of mucking around during that, uh, you know, that gold prospecting period. Eventually, they came up to Queensland, and they came to Nanango in the eighteen sixties. We're not really sure what they were doing in town. So, yeah, Nanango was founded in eighteen forty eight. We were there in the 1860s, and then we selected um, property out this way in 1877. So, yeah, our family's been here ever since. So, um, yeah, a bit of history. So, yeah, we're um, well, I'm fifth generation. So, um, yeah, this you don't really appreciate these things, Pato, when you're growing up. But I think the older I get, and um, yeah, you, you tend to appreciate that that yeah. heritage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just a cattle a cattle grazing property, mate. It's sixteen hundred acres. Yeah, and um, it's broken up into kind of two main blocks. So Dead Cow Gully, um, that property we call Iona, and mm. I um, in the Iona homestead. So that's right at the start line, which yeah. is pretty convenient. Yeah. So um, that's where half the holding is, and then the other half is about seven k's away up in this place called Bull Camp. Yeah. And that's where I'm trying to start the um a second course. I'm trying to map out a second Yeah. Well I, I actually was on Instagram when you went live with that one. Um oh, yeah. you were yep. you were like kind of like introducing the course and how you had like the cattle mm. yards as the starting the starting corral and stuff like that. So mm. have you mapped out be... a course for that one yet? Yeah. It's gonna be cool. It's it's 
I, I have been made. It's just sort of um, I'm trying to get that magic number. Yeah, I've just sort of been mucking around, and it's that balancing act between elevation and having an interesting course. Um, yeah, because it's predominantly a hilly paddock, so you kind of have to only you know stick to certain areas to to get a um. Yeah, I don't really want to have a elevation of like a hundred meters or one hundred and fifty. I think I can get it down to probably under sixty. So yeah, um, yeah just been mapping it out, made it, and like a lot of these, there's some internal track, but most of it's not. So I'm I'm just trying to you know follow some cow tracks, and um, it's go, it's going to be pretty cool. So I'm, I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks that I actually have a you know, a Strava reading or a, or a Garmin reading for you. Yeah. It's a pretty cool um, I, I, idea for a starting corral, like the actual, the actual. Um, yeah, I, I reckon. <laughs> but it's got to be, it's got to be a world first, I reckon. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of a, the natural place to put it because that's the only kind of infrastructure on the paddock. So yeah, um, Dead Cow Gully, it's got a farm feel, whereas that is a bit more kind of rugged, a bit more remote um and that's at the very edge of the flat country so it, it kind of makes sense to have it up at the cattle yard so um yeah it'd be kind of cool because you can kind of herd them in like cattle and when you ring the bell you can kind of open the gate yeah. and they come <laughs> flying out so yeah i think it'd be pretty cool yeah so it, so you've obviously got cattle on the property like well, what are, mm. what other animals can people expect to like stumble across while they're doing the doing a yard? Um, yeah, so we we've kind of mucked around with different ideas. So originally, um, back in the initial training runs, we kept the cattle on the course. <laughs> we kind of found that they got really spooked. Yeah, um, and they would start running through fences, and um, and yeah, often some runners would get pretty pretty scared they're not used to cattle and they they get quite frightened so yeah we we have to sort of move the cattle um off the course but we still want them within sight yeah so we move them like to like the um adjoining paddock and yeah you'll see kangaroos you'll see wallabies uh depending on the time of year you'll see some snakes yeah and um yeah some possums echidnas um yeah so it's, it's pretty cool it's very authentic it's it's very um yeah it's the real deal definitely you kind of feel like you're out in the bush yeah well yeah that's, that's one of the other things i love about backyard ultras is because there's such a contrast between day and night i'm mm. um, like when you reach night time it looks like it's like running on a totally different course and there's different sounds yeah. Like yeah. I, the one I did in Shepparton recently, like the sounds of the frogs at night time, it was like almost deafening, you know, like yeah. it was so, it was awesome. And I saw like, um, like you can hear dingoes there at Dead Cow Gully. Is that true? Yeah, you can. Look, I wouldn't say like, um, you'd hear them all the time, but yeah. kind of there's, there's um, a forestry just up the road and there's quite a few dingoes up there. It's, it's, it's known for it. So um yeah we have we have dingo attacks every now and then oh really um, like on your on your cattle yeah yeah we had yeah usually usually it's it's okay but um yeah we, we lost a few cattle i think it was either last year or the year before we lost probably three or four 
um, wieners. So, yeah, they're, they're always there, Pato. Like, it's um, – and we've also – I don't want to scare runners, but, yeah, we have we – have, we've had packs of dingoes attack dogs, and we, we yeah. have lost a few dogs from dingoes. So. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah. It, look, uh, runners would be safe, but it's yeah. – it's, it, um, it is the real deal, mate. It's it's um, yeah. You you might hear a few in the distance, but it's it's very rare to actually see them. Yeah. Um, if you do see one, they're generally just sort of on on the run. Right, uh, and they're scared always... of they're scared of people as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, mate. Like you're not going <laughs> to have any, any dramas. Like yeah, they're, they're kind of opportunistic. So if if there's a a wiener that's kind of separated from the pack. Um, they yeah. might they might have a crack at it, but yeah, it's it's not a regular occurrence. <laughs> yeah, and and so far there's been two dead cow gully backyard ultras. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. So yeah, twenty twenty one, we had eighty eight runners. So unfortunately, we had a COVID cancellation. So yeah, yeah we had oh, it was very stressful. So we had two hundred runners booked in. Right. And, um, yeah, COVID cancellation. And then we just had to quickly scramble and, and find a new date. But, unfortunately, a lot of people couldn't um, couldn't make the new date. But it was so cool. It was it was a really, really good event. And it was a big total, too, like um, 44 loops yeah. by Ryan Crawford. That's, yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's um, an impressive dude, isn't he? Like. I love his mindset. Yeah, he really is. And I think I think in many respects, Pat, I think he's misunderstood. Um, I think a lot of people could be um, intimidated by him when they first meet him because he, when he's racing, he, he looks fairly serious. He's not exactly, um, you know, laughing and carrying on. He's, he's very much in his own head and he, and he sticks yeah. to his kind of goals. But, yeah, I've, I've got to know Ryan. And, yeah, he's, he's really... He's an inspirational guy and he's very driven. Yeah. And I actually think he's, you know, I, I don't think he's finished yet. I, I, I think <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty man. sure he can, he can run not. a third night. He I can run a not. third night. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, because I, I've watched also the doco, about, I forget the name of the doco about him. Like, you would have seen it. It's on, mm -hmm. it's on YouTube. That's one of the coolest docos I've seen like he's he yeah. does Clint Eastwood. He wins that, and he's talking about he broke the record in the two hundred mile. And mm. it's very about mindset. Do you know what I mean? I and I love yeah, that. yeah. And look, he comes from a fighting background. Yeah, I think he's sort of into into Muay Thai. Mm. So he's coming from that background. So it's very much a you know that's kind of what that's what he's used to, but. Yeah, he, he famously does, like when he's preparing for a race, he um, famously does like a marathon before work. Yeah. So, you know, he's up, at, up at two o'clock in the morning and yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I see next year's already sold out and it's like six months away. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Oh, mate, it was, it's crazy. So, um Look, I think the doco probably helped with that. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of excitement about the event, and um, 
yeah, I kind of knew it was going to be a big night because as soon as I sort of, um, as soon as I made the registration live, there were like 400 views straight yeah. up, like boom. Yeah. And I refreshed it and there's 790 views on the page. I'm like, holy hell, holy cow. So, yeah, it was like half half sold out in 10 minutes. So it was wow. it was kind of, it's, it's really cool, Pato, just to sort of have have an idea in your head and to sort of make it make it work to see it materialize and um yeah i think we'll have to get you up here mate but it's it's a very it's a very cool event i think the the location like the history the farm yeah and um it's very kind of i think it's very sort of non-commercial it's, it's got a very kind of authentic feeling which yeah. i think people people are searching for yeah that's the word i was going to say actually authentic I'd love. It's definitely something I, I will do if not next year, the year after. But the videos and photos, it looks um, sensational. Yeah, it's it's just a magic. It's a magic course because um, elevation's pretty low, so it's um, you know, well, with taking the gully out, like the alternative route, it's about forty-five meters yeah. elevation, which is pretty flat. And that's a full loop. Um, and you've really got a um, – it's a very diverse course, so you can break it up into four or five different sections. Yeah. Um, so you never can really get too bored. Yeah. Like probably the first 2K is probably the most boring part. It's kind of fairly flat and fairly open. Um, but, yeah, as soon as you get to the gully, it gets interesting. Then you have a cow track, single file, um, which is really cool and um, – yeah, I, I think I think it I think it's easier, and although it's trail, I think it's easier to get a big total. I think psychologically, it's easier having that one. Loop. Yeah. yeah, and it's um, are there any hills? Like one of the things I, I might be wrong here, but one of the things I noticed is that instead of having a big hill, you've got the gully instead, which is mm. kind of in, like you've got the in some back adults, you've got a hill that you know, mm. okay, this is the obvious walk point. I'll walk up this hill. But at back um, at Dead Cow Gully, you've got the um, the gully, which is mm. the obvious mm. walk point. It's like it's more technical, you know. Like is it what's exactly. it like in there? Oh, it's it's terrific. So yeah, so the first two K um, is just basically a um, an internal farm track or a tractor track, some people call it. So it kind of starts off with fairly good dirt road for about, you know, um, 800 metres and it turns into a bit, it's a bit grassier. And then, yeah, once you hit the gully, it's it's a proper, it's a proper trail. And I think most of the elevation is just going in and out of the gully. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got, um, you've got a bit of up and down and you've got some, um, Oh, it's been a, been a while since I've been in there, but you've got it's just so cool because the gullies is so different from the surrounding scenery. Yeah. Because um, as I said, you're kind of in this open country, and then you're down the gully, and it's almost like its own little ecosystem. Yeah. There's, actually, there's koalas down there too, which is oh. really cool. Yeah. There's a bit of a koala colony down there, and um, yeah, at at night though, at night it's it's very interesting, and I think. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, there's some possums in the gully and, and different animals. 
that can kind of scurry out at the last second. So it, it's sort of, um, and I think the fog, the fog too can kind of, um, if it is foggy, it can kind of pool into the gully. Right. So at yeah. night time, it's, it's pretty wild. So, um, yeah, you, you kind of need a good headlamp, but it's kind of, it's kind of like it's, you snake your way through a dry, a dry, um, creek bed and there's a bit of up and down and um yeah it's, it's a very um it's just a cool trail but yeah most people do walk that that's the logical <laughs> place to, to yeah. Yeah. and you mentioned i'm not sure if we mentioned we might have talked about this before we started recording but there's been a lot of rain like does the gully get flooded like is it does it get real muddy and flooded or it's not something yeah, yeah. At the moment, what's it like? Well, mate, when I was planning it, like I think on the website I said, well, um, these are dry gullies, and they usually are. Like this is a very rare rain event. So I I talked to you before the podcast. It's a one in 50-year event. So we've just had had rain almost, well, probably almost two and a half years, solid rain, Um, probably, probably since, you know, probably since 2021 we've sort of had big rain and um yeah i it was a shame to sort of take out the gully but there was sort of no choice because yeah the water is actually just pooling there like the water table's right up and the water's sitting there Mm. Uh, whereas normally um you'd get a flood the water would flow through and um it would be dry again in you know in two weeks yeah so um yeah, luckily we've got enough land to kind of work with Pato, so we <laughs> we just have to add a bit on the end, and and it's actually it's easier for the runners because it's less elevation. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Do you think that um, like you mentioned, there's a lot of hills on the property? Mm. Do you think for fun you'll ever measure out a track that like is ultra hilly, like the Australia's mm. hilliest backyard ultra or something like that? <laughs> well, mate, you definitely could. I know at Bull Camp. <laughs> You could do a ripper course. Um, it's incredibly scenic too. You're up in the hills. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could, mate. You could, but <laughs> I guess my my thinking is, you know, I think people want to throw down a big total. Like yeah. They want to have a course, especially if they're flying from interstate. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't know, want to wait eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want it to last more than twenty four, but. Yeah, definitely, mate. Maybe you could come up and map it out for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I saw that recently you've been um, posting a lot about a back- backyard masters. Mm. That's something that you've, um, a concept you've come up with yourself? Yeah, mate. So, um, yeah, it was sort of an idea. I kind of had it and acted pretty quickly on it. But what I kind of discovered was, you had people like Ryan Crawford, uh, Kevin Muller, um, Barry Loveday, these sort of big runners over here. And then you had this powerhouse in WA. Yeah. The likes of Phil Gore. Yeah. And um, uh, what's his name? Michael Hooker. Michael Hooker. And um, Aaron Young. Was Aaron oh. Young the assist? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, oh, and also, um, is it Lauren Smith? Or Jessica Smith? Lauren Smith? Or oh, yeah. Yep. Is it Lauren it's or Jessica? Je- Jessica, I think. 
yeah Jessica Smith so you've got this powerhouse in WA and look I, I reached out to to Sean Kaisler and yeah he puts on these really cool events and I think it's a big credit to him for um for the energy he brings to these events but unfortunately um there's clashes so the big events on the east coast the big backyard ultras clash with birdies and herdies yeah over there so birdies kind of clashes with dead cow and then um herdies clashes with the clint eastwood or it could be could be the other way around but um yeah so unfortunately phil gore and ryan could never really go head to head yeah. And that's kind of the dream people are, um, people Same really want to see that. It'd be a great matchup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're exactly, I've, I've spoken to both of them and they're two guys who would actually go for broke, who yeah. would, they wouldn't care about whether they had to work the next day or <laughs> um, anything. They would just, they would go for it and they would, yeah. they would run a third night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was this kind of sweet spot in June where there was a little opening um, where I, I could sort of hold this event, so bring the West Coast runners and the East Coast runners together. Yeah. And then and throw in an international who's yeah. put down a big total. Yeah. So, luckily, luckily, it took a while, but luckily I, I got Harvey Lewis to come out. So, um, and that's that's huge. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, very, very stoked. Very, very lucky. Too, but I approached different people, mate. I, I, um, I don't want to mention their names, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I approached a few people. I just don't think they really thought it was a real event. They yeah. didn't really get back to me. But what really helped me, Pato, was the documentary. So Harvey, Harvey managed to see the documentary. Yeah, for Dead Cal Gully, he he watched that, and all all of a sudden the whole conversation changed yeah and, um yeah so he um yeah the whole aim mate is to sort of um yeah bring, bring the best the best backyard ultra runners in australia throw in an international throw in some wild card entries yeah. so hopefully some people who have never run a backyard ultra but they're they might be great in iron man or some kind of other endurance yeah event. so yeah, hopefully to, the issue with the satellite event, Pato, is um, the event that's happening in, in Miram, Wernet, um, in a few weeks' time, um, they're starting at the same time as Biggs. Mm. So that means that the Australian runners will be starting at 10 p.m. Yeah. So that, that, that's a massive disadvantage because this is when you're just about to head to bed. <laughs> so... Um, I just think that's always going to be. I never think we're going to be that competitive, unfortunately, because of that start time. That ten o'clock start time's a killer. Yeah. So, um, I think I'll do well, but yeah, God, it's 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 a massive disadvantage. Yeah, I mean, but if you're putting a together a race where or backyard ultra, I should say, where you get the best of Australia all in the one place, on now I saw that the. Um, the criteria as well like less than 60 meters elevation as well so we're talking mm -hmm. about a flat course mm -hmm. um and a soft as well like because there's no ashfeld at dead cow gully is there no Maybe so yeah it's kind of evolved and changed 
over time, Pato, because we started off with, I was just thought, you know, 25 runners and um, the criteria was 35 plus loops. Yeah. So we had 12 people apply straight away. So six from WA, yeah. six from Queensland. But then we, in conversations with Harvey, um, he, he made some really good points that um, the other Australian runners um, on the whole agreed with. He, he sort of mentioned that, you know, to put the pressure on, the, on a small group of runners, to have 25 runners, to put that pressure on from the get-go is going to be very serious and yeah. competitive. Yeah. Whereas I think a backyard ultra, the spirit of a backyard ultra is to sort of, you know, have that, have that friendly, relaxed vibe and have a few laughs and stuff like that. So in Harvey's mind, to have a, a more diverse group and a larger group, that mm. would actually um, help, that would help the end total by yeah. having a larger group. So yeah. now we're kind of sitting at around 60 to 70 yeah. people. So I'm, I'm going to, on Wednesday, I'm going to open it up to people who've, who've run 30 plus yards. And um, yeah, the real incentive is maybe if you want to get in for free, you've got to do your 35 loops. It's free and automatic entry. Yeah. Is, there a, cutoff? is there a cutoff? Because like, for example, like I'm doing Devil's Lair on New Year's yep. Eve. Yep. If I run 45 yards, will I mm -hmm. get in or is that too late if I miss the cutoff? No. no. So I think it's going to be open all the way until, um, I haven't set an exact date, but probably like May, yeah. May next year, probably May 1st, we'll, we'll cut it off. Yeah. But e even, if we've, even if we've locked in those numbers, mate, if, if you've run 35 plus, yeah. it's, it's free and automatic entry. So that's... Yeah. That's the big carrot. So if, yeah. if people really want to go for it, um, yeah, you can get there. So, um, and and the wild card I think is is going to be very interesting. So we're probably going to reach out to someone like Matt Grills, um, and there's this other guy who's running across Australia at the moment. What's his oh, name? Oh, Ned Ned Brockman. We're going to reach out to him. Yeah. We're going to reach out to different people and, and try to just have a lot of diversity and a lot of um, – because what, what you really want to see is you, is you want to see a wild card take on that core group. Yeah. And it, it's going to be interesting for spectators if you've got yeah. a wild card who's still in the hunt. I was actually um, talking to someone recently about backyard ultras and what I would really like to – what I'm interested in seeing is – how a really fast marathon runner would do in a backyard ultra. Mm. Like someone mm. who can run the marathon in under 220, if they're a male, mm. or under 230, if they're a female, and mm. they've never run an ultra before, I'd be really interested to see how someone like that would go. And as well as that, if you got someone like that in a race, you'd, you'd cross over into like the marathoners kind of crowd as well that would get their interest in an event like that well mate you give me you've given me a great idea i think <laughs> i think that's fantastic and i think i just think the more diversity you have the better it is for that for the group so yeah i reckon that's great if you've got any connections for me pato just yeah i reckon a fast marathon um runner would be great yeah and even mate i'm even like a race walker 
I wouldn't mind racing oh, yeah. a yeah. competitive race walker. Yeah, yeah. That'd be very interesting. <laughs> yeah, for sure, because they can run too. Like, I, I follow a few couple on Strava, and, I mean, obviously race walking is their forte, but they're no slouches on when they actually start running too. Mm. And, mm. and they can go. They can keep on going and going. So, Pat, out of interest, mate, why um, why are you fascinated with, with Backyard Ultras? Like, why have you started the podcast? It oh. seems like you're specialising in this format, yeah. which I believe, I, I don't think there's a podcast out there which which has covered this. There's lots of ultra podcasts, but specifically Backyard. Um, why, why are you so into this event, into this format? That's just, um, it's just... It's just got me hook, lock, hook, line, and sinker. Like I just can't stop thinking about it. It's the kind of there's so many things I love about it. Like first of all, um, I love how it's a six point seven k loop. Mm. So anyone can run. Well, nearly everyone can do that. Um, so it's open mm. to anyone as long as you can run that six point. As long as someone thinks that they can run that six point seven loop within an hour, mm-hmm. they think maybe I can give that a shot. And a lot of the time, I think they'd surprise themselves. You don't even have to have run a marathon to uh-huh. um, do a back, backyard ultra. Um, I love how you've got the starting point. Like, they're so social. Like with a normal ultra marathon, you're running alone most of the time. Uh-huh. With backyard ultras, you're often running with a different person each loop. Uh-huh. Um, you form relationships. Um, You've got your crew there with you the whole time. Most of this, most people run with a crew. Um, and it's also like, how far can you go? Like, it's so simple. Like, you can explain it to people so easily. Like, all you got to do is run 6.7 Ks an hour. And like, mm-hmm. well, how many hours did you go? And, I, and someone might say, oh, oh the, I went 16. And then they go, oh, gee, that's pretty good. And then you go, oh, the winner went 41. They go, whoa! They understand. Mm. They understand it straight away. <coughs> you know what I mean? They understand it. Whereas with an out, with an ultra, people just tune out. Unless mm. they're into it already, just your normal person, they tune out. They don't. There's there's nothing they can relate it to, but they can relate to hours and six point seven k's. It doesn't really sound like that much. Mm. Mm. A lot of people go, oh, I can walk. I can walk 6.7 k's in an hour, but they can't. You've got to run at least 4 k's to do it within mm-hmm. inside that hour. But, yeah. um, and it's also like the challenge of trying to do better. And it's such a, I feel like it's a growing kind of thing as well. Like it reminds me of um, the UFC. When the UFC started, you got the mixed martial yep. arts starting. And yep. this is. It reminds me of the same kind of thing. It's just really exciting. Like, like we were talking before, you can you can mix up race walkers against marathoners, against ultra runners, mm. and just hard and just hard mentally tough dudes. Like, you just want to see how how many hours, how many yards <laughs> they can go. Yeah, Pat. I think there's a few things happening. So, what you touched on earlier is um, like. Anyone can rock up and, and do this event. You don't have to be an ultra runner. You can be a park runner. Yeah. 
And in fact, a lot of people who turn up are recreational runners. Mm. And the thing about the format is it actually turns recreational runners into ultra runners without them even realizing it. Yeah. So I mean, if you said to someone, oh, you want to go out and do a 50K run this weekend, um, like a point to point, um, <laughs> to me, that's very intimidating. And it's like, oh, no way. I haven't trained for it. Um, that's that's ridiculous. But if you come out to Dead Cow or, or somewhere else and, and just say, hey, do you want to do a 6.7K loop and, and just just see how you go? You might yeah. do two, you might do three, you might do four. But, yeah, we've had park runners come out and do five or six loops. We've had We've had kids come out and do do eight loops yeah you know um so yeah i guess the, the real the real thought for me is is this just a is this just a trending format is it just a fad or is this format here to stay so that's that's something i guess the jury's still out but speaking with harvey i actually think that this format um I think it'll be the dominant form of ultra running. That's that's my gut feeling. I just think it's um, it's so accessible to to um, to um, recreational runners. It's not that intimidating, and it's such a gentle approach. It's it's a yeah. low heart rate um, format. It's just a bit of running, a bit of walking, um, and it's it's yeah. You don't really have to exert yourself too hard which i think is very attractive to and particularly it, to me as a it, it kind of it's kind of like a um, a music festival for you know those camping music oh. festivals it's kind of like a music mm. festival for runners yes yes i agree with that mate and it's it's very um what happens when you get knocked out so you either time yourself out or you um or you just throw the towel in like you've had enough. Uh, every one of those people, they keep following the event. And this is the fascinating yeah. thing about it is they go home, um, they have a shower, they go to bed, they get up the next morning, they go shopping, they drop the kids off at school and the event is still happening. <laughs> yeah. The event's still happening. Yeah. And they look at it and they're looking at the number and it keeps yeah. going up. <laughs> and and they, they were a part of it. Mm. Like in some way they were a part of it. And they know the loop, they've done the loop, and they can picture in their head what kind of what they're going through. But yeah. um, it, there's not many events out there. I'd say there's no events out there where it's even when you get knocked out, you're still following yeah. intently. And you are <laughs> up, up in the middle of the night looking at who's still in, who, who's, <laughs> who got knocked out, you know. Yeah, like uh, yeah, you nailed that. Because I remember the first time I did the MVP when I went, I got, I finished after sixteen yards. Um, went home, went to bed. They're still running. I wake up in the morning and they're still going. And this is in like in summer, like it was mm -hmm. early February. Like it was about, it was in the thirty degrees. Mm -hmm. Like it was really, but that reminds me, like I'm a Victorian, so like um. Mm. And you're in Queensland, but and to me, in Queensland, every day is 35 degrees, scorching sun. Down. Is that what it's like there, like cow, um, Dead Cow Gully? Like, is it really hot, like, when they run, like, when you run these events? 
Um, not really, mate. It's around Easter. It's it's pretty tame, so I would say that, um, you know, you, you probably might get to, um, like a hot a hot day during Easter would be probably, um, twenty four twenty five. That would be quite hot, but it's probably a bit lower than that actually. Yeah, yeah. Easter is a really nice time where it kind of cools off up here. So, um. Yeah, mate, it's kind of a it's it's a great time to run. You know, cold mornings. Um, yeah, it's just the weather, really, mate. Like, it's just. Um, I think if you had a wet track, that could really, if it's a mud bath, that could really affect people. Yeah, yeah, um, especially if you've but, only bought one pair of socks. Exactly. Well, what, <laughs> what's what's the MVP? Is it MVP? Yeah, it's uh, Maribyrnong Valley Park, I think it's down. It's the one at Brimbank Reserve. Um, mm. There's, in the Satellite World, oh, Satellite Australian team, there's a few, uh, few, play, few runners from that in the team. Um, mm. It's a very, a lot of elevation. I think it's about 160, 170 metres of elevation. Wow. And, and, the, and the biggest hill is in direct sunlight in the middle of summer. So. Oh. I mean, it, it you. It's a tough one. It's a real tough one. Is it trail? Main it it half. It's like in a big park, so it's half um, half asphalt, half kind of gravel, probably more asphalt, but mm -hmm. um, not. I wouldn't say it's trail. Yeah, definitely not trail. But it's like a big park. Yeah, it. it that was the first one I did, and um, yeah, I was. Blown. I just, I just loved it. I really did. The um, with the um, with the backyard masters, though, I was just going to have a couple more questions about that. Um, mm. but who were some of the who were some of the other runners um, who have confirmed? So, so, so we've we've confirmed Phil. Have we confirmed Phil Gore and have confirmed the White Kenyon, right? Yeah. Look, Ryan hasn't signed up yet, but he he's a guy who um, yeah, sometimes he signs up you know, at the last minute. But he, he's given me some assurance that he, he will be there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, Kevin, Kevin Muller. Yeah. Um, Barry Loveday, Charlotte Roberts, uh, Phil Gore. Nikki Wind. Nikki Wind, yep. Uh, John, John, is John you? John. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, he, he, he did incredibly well. So, uh, Clint Eastwood, it was and his first back. Yeah, that was that his first one, yeah. And he got 40-something. Yeah. Extraordinary. Um, yeah, Je Jessica Smith, uh, Phil Gore, Aaron Young. So the whole is the whole team from WA is coming across. So, um, <coughs> so mate, the, the question is, like, um, with, with, with Harvey Lewis, I, I guess the question is, is this, is this just some kind of marketing or promotional gimmick but uh, i think it's more than that well one the first thing is harvey can throw down a big total yeah so he he's got his 85 loops at big so he has the bigs um record and he's the former yeah. world record holder and he's he's been to Badwater 11 times he's won twice yeah uh, He's done the Appalachian Trail. So he, he's in the best form of his life. So I think last year was like just an incredible year. So he won Badwater 
plus he got the new world record, 85 loops at big. So yeah. it's an incredible year. So he can throw down a big total, but also flying out his his um, crew chief. So he's got this very special relationship with his crew chief. So we're flying them both out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he, he won't be alone. So he he does want to he does want to put down a big total yeah um, if harvey lewis is in the event um i think every other competitor out there you know you're going to make this your your a race you're not yeah. just going to rock up yeah. so th this will be it so i think it will spur on the aussies um but it would also spur on any wild cards i think they could surprise people i think they'd be they could kind of work away in the shadows and they could surprise a lot of people but but harvey lewis is also important to to shine a light on on the event so there should be some international exposure yeah so we're hoping that harvey sort of paves the way for other internationals down the road so i mean ideally mate it'd be great to have internationals coming out on their own steam and you know paying for their own ticket yeah but um yeah obviously the first year mate or maybe the first few years we'll have to pay for um internationals to come out but um yeah man i i just think it's so exciting and i think it's it's all the ingredients for for just something exciting to happen and yeah there's something that's different from dead cow and and this is what harvey's a big believer in is um he he wants it to be as close to biggs as possible so biggs has the trail loop mm. during the day and then the road loop at night yeah so that's what we're going to work on for dead cow and it'll be it'll be a very low elevation road loop um i haven't measured it but it's just a matter of getting some council permits but right. but the way the way harvey talks about this and i don't think there's many road loops in in australia maybe you can tell me pato Mm. Are there many? Are there many road loops? I'm not too sure. I think most of the ones I I know of are like on either private properties or in mm. or in like parks. Yeah, I, I just don't think. I, I think most of the Australian backyards are just the one loop. Yeah. But Harvey makes the point. Whereas you know you're on trail and eventually you get sick of trail, and you look forward to the road loop yeah and you get to the road loop it's like yes this is terrific <laughs> and then you, and then eventually you get sick of the road loop and you look forward to the trail again the yeah. next morning so you kind of got this you got this sort of i'm not sure if this is the right word but you got this symbiotic nature between the trail and the road and i just think um by having that by having that in the event i think it'll go longer yeah and I think runners would be like, oh, if I can just hold out two or three more loops, you know, I'll get to the road. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing, oh, if I can just hold out a few more loops, I can get back on trail and I'll be sweet. Whereas if it's the one loop, it's it's just, as you know, it's Groundhog Day. It's, it's um, you know, it's it's that one loop after loop after loop after loop. So, um, yeah, I think that'll really help, Pato. Yeah, with a big total for sure. The um, one of the other questions I had, like, I, I saw you mentioned in one of your Instagram posts that it's not going to be, it's going to be a yearly event. If I'm, 
if I'm right. And mm. but it's not going to be only at um, Dead Cow Gully. It, it can actually change location as long as they fit a certain criteria. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct, Pato. So, look, I think the natural place to have it um, in 2024 would be probably Birdies mm. um, over in WA. So, yeah, I'm thinking, um, yeah, Dead Cow will kick things off. Um, and, yeah, so I'm a big fan of country towns. So if you can find a country town with a, yeah, under 60 metres elevation. So I'm thinking... Um, yeah, I'm thinking Queensland, I'm thinking WA, and after that, probably the next place would be Victoria. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be cool to share it around. Um, I guess the only issue, mate, is, um, yeah, just paying for these plane flights of the international <laughs> runners. So yeah. I kind of have to, you know, I kind of have to work out the uh, the feasibility of that. Yeah. And. You know, I can kind of absorb the cost for dead cow because it's it's kind of here. And mm. like, if I'm having it here, I'm also promoting yeah. dead cow valley itself. So it kind of makes business sense. So I just have to work out work out what's going to happen there. But I've got a good relationship with Sean Kaisler. Um, I'm sort of helping him out with Devil's um, Devil's Backyard Ultra. Oh, yeah. are you going to come down? Yeah, I'll be race directing for a little bit, oh. mate. So, oh, cool. yeah, Sean, Sean's doing all the legwork, and but yeah, I'm just going to turn up and, and do a shift. And oh, awesome! Yeah, so I'll, I'll probably probably meet you in person down there. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I bought my. I've just got to buy uh, organize uh, accommodation and a flight, and mm. but I bought my ticket. I'm, I'll be there for sure. And and the other question I had, like, um, one of the other criteria for the masters was like. Um, there's no prize money. So I'm mm. just interested in the um, um, the reason no prize money. Is that like a... Yeah. Um, well, mate, the, the original... the I mean, it's kind of a moving feast. Um, the original one was like 25 runners. It was all free entry. Um, but now with the international flights, you know, we're looking at, at Harvey and his crew chief. Yeah. Um, you know, you can kind of guess what return flights would be. So, yeah, we will we will have to charge for. We'll definitely have to charge for the thirty plus yeah. um, runners. But yeah, the big carrot is thirty five plus um, free entry. It's automatic prize yeah. money. Um, yeah, I just think. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure about that, Pat. What's your? What do you think if about oh, prize money and, and backyard? Oh, look, I mean, I, I, I just thought I hadn't really thought about it. To be to be honest with you, I, I thought like it would be um, as far as backyard ultras go. And I was actually thinking this before I even thought of a podcast. I was thinking <laughs> prize money might be a good way, just as an incent to incentivize like mm. like a national record, world record, that kind of thing. But um, but I thought maybe the, your reason behind not wanting prize money was more of like um, it's not in the spirit of the backyard mm -hmm. ultra. Mm. I said, you know, I was just interested in if like if, on that side of things, really. Like, is that why? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did I did think about prize money, mate. But um, yeah, even with Dead Cow Gully, I, I've thought about prize money, but yeah. Yeah, I sort of reach out to people like, you know, John Pearson 
um, he's he's a really good source of information. And yeah, I think some of the some of the older ultra runners are kind of dead set against it, right? Because they just sort of think that you know, if you got prize money, you're gonna have you're gonna have a bit of a us and them feeling at the event you're going to have the recreational runners and you're going to have the elite runners who are going for that prize money yeah um, whereas yeah um i think if phil gore actually had a pretty good idea um you could do something like a um head of great ideas so each runner could potentially pay um pay one dollar per loop that they complete oh, yeah, and it yeah. all goes into a pot and um and winner takes all that would be actually quite that would be quite a bit of money if you think yeah, yeah, yeah that's an um, awesome that's a really good idea actually isn't it yeah so if you do 40 loops um and you get knocked out you've just got to hand over 40 dollars cash and yeah and yeah winner takes all that would that would that would actually that's kind of cool um so we could still potentially do that um but yeah i guess it, it could be an added complication if you're going going around you know <laughs> trying to hunt people down for cash <laughs> yeah. you know i don't know it, it's a good idea though yeah I, I saw the um a really good uh youtube doco about the um the backyard ultra when phil gore broke the australian record when he did um 54 yards he was yeah. a man he was a man on a mission he yeah. he he had on a piece of paper his plan of what to do after every single yard like what he would eat everything like that all the way up until 90 something all the way up until the world record he was a man on a mission mm. yeah he's, he's <laughs> one of the he's one of these guys um yeah we can see what a talented runner phil is so um yeah he'll get a chance to go head head to head with ryan um yeah in a few weeks but will you will you head out and have a look oh i'm will actually you? working but um yeah. i'm going to try and get it off um i'm really excited about it actually um yeah, yeah. i'm probably going to fly down actually I'm gonna oh, really? fly down and, and try to cover the event through the socials but yeah. um yeah um yeah, I, I guess some um, some tips for people starting off. And look, I'm not talking from my own personal running experience because, as you found out, I'm not an ultra runner. But just talking to lots of people and observing um, through race directing, I think that a big thing is, um, yeah, having having a plan and and with your nutrition and your hydration to be to be proactive, not be reactive. So you don't want to get to a point where it's like, oh God, you know, I've got a bit of a headache. Maybe I should have a gel or something, or maybe yeah. I should have some salt. I think if and, and Harvey Harvey really mentions this, you really got to have a plan from the get go with with your calories, um, your calorie intake, your hydration. You got to know what the weather's going to be for that day, so you can you can work out your salt intake. Yeah, and um, I know crewing for a few people. I think it's a great idea to for your crew to actually write down what food is consumed, food and drink is consumed each loop. So yeah. almost like a spreadsheet, and you can kind of 
if something's going wrong in the event, you can kind of look back and think, well, oh, okay, it looks like you're taking a lot less fluids here. Maybe yeah. we should have that. Um, yeah, so if you can just have a real like a clinical approach and, and all those guys like Phil Gore um, and Ryan, yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what separates them, I think. They, they know exactly... Um, what they're getting into they've got a plan and also um, when things don't go their way or if there's anything that happens I think they've just got tremendous resilience mm. um, I think other people you know the first sign of trouble they can just throw in the towel throw in the mm. towel so a perfect example Pato is if you're coming in around 46 minutes bang on 46 minutes and all of a sudden you come in at 48 minutes and then the next loop, you come in at 49 minutes and you think, oh, my God, you know, I'm getting slower and slower. It's just a, just a matter of time before I time myself out. Yeah. And people, people, I've seen people, they, 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 they give up just because yeah. they've got a slower time. But I think all you've got to do is just sort of hang in there, just, just survive and just, just keep rocking up to that starting corral. And yeah. worst that can happen is you time yourself out. Yeah. And, and that, to me, that's a noble, that's a noble kind of DNF is to actually time yourself out in the course. Yeah, I think that's um, great advice because um, when I did my last one in Shepparton, I was pretty much doing fifty minutes like clockwork every mm -hmm. single, every single yard, fifty minutes, fifty every single day. But I was really feeling it in my leg, and I made it in at fifty-eight and a half. And then I just pulled the plug, but I just, I, for three or four days, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. I wished. Yep. I was so close to the 24 hours. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, mate. It's sort of, I think you'd be surprised if, because you got to 22, right? So, yeah, I think you could have dragged your ass across the line, you know? I think yeah. you, could, <laughs> yeah. you, you probably, you could, you probably would have cut it fine, but. Even if you time yourself out, yeah, you probably go. You go to bed that night thinking, "Well, hey, I've I've done all I could." Yeah, you know, you've you've exhausted all options. Yeah, one hundred percent. But gee, mate, twenty two. I mean, that's hey, that's that's pretty damn incredible. Yeah, yeah. Look, I loved the event. It was my 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 aim was to go through two nights, but looking back, like, it's the first year doing ultras. Mm. And I'm, I'm determined, absolutely determined to like improve. I can like get in the 40s, you know, that's what I that's my goal, get in the 40s and do mm. something. Do something. So what, what's your tip? What's your hot tip or hot take for, for someone doing this for the first time? I think the main thing is just enjoy it, like, enjoy the experience. Talk to pe talk to people during loops and make some friends, mm -hmm. um, and just and I think a lot of people would surprise themselves with with how far they can go. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it it is just it really is enjoy yourself, enjoy the experience. Um, like you said before, make a plan. Like it's kind of fun, like deciding what food to bring and mm -hmm. what. Like see what works and stuff, bringing an esky with drinks and food. That, that, that's fun as well. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, the, 
it, first of all, for first timers, have fun. Also, think also um, do a few, find a 6.7k loop near you and okay. practice it a few times and include some walking in there and kind mm -hmm. of figure out um, how, how much can I walk um, over 6.7k's to make a 50k time limit. So that way you don't, mm. that way you're comfortable walking and not worried about making the time because you know you've, you've practiced it. You know, I've, I've practiced this at home. I know I can walk at least one and a half k's and still make it back in 50 minutes, for example. Mm -hmm. I think um, that's a good thing to do as well. Bring a few pairs of socks. Yep. And, um, and drink lots of water. Did you have crow, Paddy? Yeah, yeah. My my girlfriend last last one. She was really good. Actually, she she slept mm. a lot during the first night, but it started at five. So yep. um, by the morning, she woke up at seven, and well, maybe even earlier than that. But yeah, she was really good. Like basically, before every loop, I'd say, okay, when I get back from this one, this is what I need, um, mm. and everything would be ready. Um, but yeah, it, it is good having crew. It's it's a um. It's an experience. Like if, if you're doing it with crew, like it's a it's a shared experience with both of you as well. Like Yeah, for like sure. You're kind of like worried they're gonna get bored before the event, but I reckon it's impossible for them not to have a good time, you know, because there's other there's other crew they can speak to and there's stuff going on. <coughs> yeah, I think crewing I've got kind of realized that crewing is a fine art in itself, like particularly when you when you talk about running for you know two or three days so yeah it's it's sort of um again if you're serious about getting a big total i think you need to sit down with your crew and actually have a plan yeah and um not just sort of work it out on the runs because i guess the question is is if you're having a bad time out there at what point do you pull the pin and how how far does a, a crew member push you like like how um uh, i think that the overall quality of a, of a good um crew member or a, a team of crew is to be to be positive so to come in you want to be upbeat positive cheery but at the same time you want to um listen to the runner because if you're overly positive and your runner's complaining about a problem like oh god my knee's not feeling too good yeah and if you're like oh i should be right mate everything's gonna be beautiful yeah. if, if you have that approach um the runner could be like well they're not actually listening yeah to my needs so what i've seen man a good crew is overly positive but you've got that one person in the crew who kind of takes the runner aside and says you know hey what's what's really going on there um and if you can find out what's wrong with the runner and have a plan on how to address that, it's almost like a like a Formula One pit crew. If you've got that yeah. information, you don't want the runner to hide that information. Um, but, yeah, if they can quietly tell someone, oh, look, I've got a bit of a niggle here. Let's try to come up with a plan for that. Um, and I think if you voice it to the whole group, um, that can be quite a powerful effect. So if, if you say to the whole group, like, oh, my, my knee's done, you know, I'm, I'm cactus. Yeah. I don't think I can do another loop. It sort of 
yeah, there's a few YouTube clips on this, Pato, that, yeah, once you say it out loud, it kind of becomes a reality. Yeah. Um, it can just be a thought in the head, but once you say it out loud, it's, it's, it becomes real and it, it, you give those thoughts power and energy. So you kind of need, yeah, I think you need one person in the crew to kind of just be that, um, find out what's really going on, but it's, it's like a quiet, a quiet whisper. If that makes sense, it it does. But yeah, talking about crew, um, one of the um, runners that really resonated with me um, in the documentary of the last um, mm-hmm. Dead Gully was Nicole Jukes. Yeah, and she um, was obviously like between loops. She was like, like not like. I use the word struggling. She wasn't struggling, but she was like deep. She was going deep. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And her crew member was like reminding her over and over again. I forget the words, the exact thing she was saying. You might, you might know. This is why you do this. This is why you do yeah. something like that. Yeah. And that resonated with me so much. Yeah. I think choosing crew. Um, yeah, someone you're close with, I think, I think would really help you. Like, particularly if you're going through a dark time. Yeah. Um, and it seems to happen, mate. Like, um, if you do your hundred miles or two hundred miles, you, you do end up being in a pretty dark place. Yeah. And you have you have these sort of, you know, the roller coaster of emotions. So, yeah, you kind of need to have someone there who who knows you pretty well, and can kind of talk you through it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think yeah, Nicole's crew was um, yeah, Leah. I think Leah was her name. I think she was saying something like, "You're a tiger. You're <laughs> a tiger." And and she also said like, "Oh, we we love this shit." We yeah, love that's this right. Shit. That that's what she was saying. That's what I was trying to think. Of. We love this shit. Yeah, that we love this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was awesome. I love that. Yeah, she was she was perfect, and like Leah was a big part of Nicole's success on the day because they've got a really special relationship. And yeah. Um, yeah, so your girlfriend, I mean that that makes sense um, to have her as crew. What could go against you um, if you're in a bad way? <laughs> she <laughs> and you want to quit. She could. She could. She could sympathise. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, going into it, I was saying to her, no matter what, if I tell you I don't want to go out there again, you've mm-hmm. got to tell me, no matter what, I've got it. You can't, you can't let me quit. I was telling her, mm-hmm. um, and she was like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. But we didn't really get to that because I finished the loop, the last loop, with only like a minute to go. I was, I was pretty much out, but. Um. Yeah, I was happy with how it went. Like, I'm. I'm just. I am so fired up for the devil's lair. I am. I am. <laughs> I've learned. You learn so much each one. Do you know what mm. each, each one you do? You learn so much. And so what? What place did you come overall? Uh sixth. Wow. Yeah, the winner was Matt yeah. Doob, who's in the Australian team for the. Mm. He he did thirty one yards. So it was a good training, good training run for him. Mm. So it, it kind of sounds like this is this is your format. You've you've sort of 
yeah you take into this and you kind of it sounds like you're fairly obsessed with with yeah. this format and, and it it seems to be um yeah that number's just stuck in your head hasn't it 22 how do i how do i get those 100 miles or and then yeah next you might be thinking how do you get those 30 loops and um yeah definitely sounds like you got the right attitude anyway yeah like next year's all about backyard ultras for me i also i like the 24 hour track races too mm. um, i did one of them last year or this year the one in Coburg. I was happy. I did 163Ks, so I thought that was all right. Um, but, um, That's yeah, very impressive. Hey? That's very impressive. Yeah, I was pretty happy. I, um, so, yeah, that was good. But um, let's just talk, just to wrap things up, I guess. I guess we've got the um, Satellite World Champs coming up, what we mentioned before. Do you have any predictions? Um, look, mate, I think it's going to come down to, um, sleep deprivation because yeah. Yeah, you're starting at, you're starting at 10, just when you're kind of, most people going to bed. So, um, you know, if, 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 if I were those runners, I'd be trying to get some sleep early on if, if you can, um, the, the first night. But, um, yeah, it's really going to favour someone who can, like someone like Ryan, I know that he, he runs on very little sleep. Yeah. He, he, he only has probably only three or four hours a night yeah. on, on a good night. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like I honestly think, mate, it's going to be, um, is this is Kevin Muller actually? I, I don't think Kevin Muller's in it. it no, I don't think he is. I think um, I, I think that running where he came assist might have been past the cutoff. But the cutoff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, mate. I mean, you'd have to say um, Phil Gore and, and Ryan will probably go toe to toe. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they've met each other yet. Oh, so. really? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. So it'd be very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether they, whether they team up early on or whether they sort of go their separate ways, it'd be very interesting because they're both, they're both very big characters and they've, um, they've both got the confidence. Yeah. So yeah, I think, mate, I, I can't, I can't wait to get down there and, and cover it. So, um, what do you think? Are you thinking? Well, I reckon we're going to see 65-plus yards. That's what really? I yeah. Wow. Um, and, look, as far as who's going to um, be the last one standing, it's hard to, it's hard to call because, I mean, I wouldn't discount the Victorians either because their totals aren't as high as, mm. like, um, Phil and the white Kenyans, but, mm -hmm. but the races that they've been doing their total, a lot of elevation mm -hmm. um, and a lot of, um, and also in summer as well. So um, mm. I guess, and yeah, but look, I think it's um, perfect for a high total. I'll be shocked 
if we don't see at least 65. Um, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. So you don't think the um, the 10 p.m. start time will, well, will I, sort of limit I, the runners? Or? I was thinking about it, and, look, I would just say if, if I was going to put a positive slant on it, I would say at least you're starting at night time. You're not running through day and then waiting to night. You're starting yep. at night time. So it's going to, I think daylight saving might have even kicked in by then as well. So mm. um, not that that would make much difference, but but you got, then you're going to run your, how many hours would it be? Eight hours till it's light, eight yards mm. till it's night, mm. or daytime, I mean. And then um, no one's going to drop out during that day. Um, mm. So it might, I, I would say it's a good warm-up starting at night time and, um, and just, just sleep, sleep as much as you possibly can during that mm. day. Stay up as late as you can the night before yep. and sleep in as much as you can that day. And I guess there's an argument, mate, that, look, if you were starting at 7 a.m., yeah. Um, you mightn't get any sleep that night anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You'll be setting up. You'll be yeah. – well, that's you exactly might have, you, you might just have a restless night and you're just thinking yeah. about the big race. So, yeah, mate, you might be right. Like, you never know. I always thought it'd be a disadvantage, but, um, yeah, look, mate, if, if you're a competitor and you're experienced, um, yeah, surely they've, surely they've got some strategies. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Look, I, I I will have to try and get the bit of annual leave and come down. But I, I'm not even sure. Like, if like, uh, is it a public event? Can anyone just rock up and walk in? Um, well, I contacted. Uh, is it Peter? I think it's yeah. Peter. I've contacted Peter, and yeah, I, I asked if like I could come down, and yeah, he said it's all good. But um, look, I'm assuming it's not going to be a a big spectator event, but um, <laughs> I mean, what 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 day is it? Is is it on the? It starts on the um, Saturday night, I believe. Saturday night, okay. Yeah. So it, yeah, yeah. So ten or eleven Saturday night, and uh, and you got to also think about like all the other countries. Like there might be some countries starting. Like it doesn't matter which way you look at it. There's going to be um, disadvantages for all the countries because there's no criteria. Like with your master's thing, you've got to set criteria. Like yep. no more than, but with, with this world champs, like they could be running anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like it is a tough course for the Australians though, 170 metres elevation all on grass paddocks. That's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do, do, you think, do you think a world record will break? on that on that weekend well so somewhere in the world do you think it'll be a new um they'll surpass the 90 yard mark i reckon they it wouldn't surprise me mm. if i was if i was going to bet on it i probably would say yes because mm. i mean there's a lot of this with this backyard ultra thing it's kind of like I think it's taken a lot of ultra runners a little bit of time to th um, think it's not a uh, a gimmick. 
and mm. it's only in the last 12 months or so that, the, um, that you're getting some really, really high level, really good ultra runners getting involved. Mm. So, um, uh, so yeah, look, I, I think we will see because we've got like, um, what's his John Yoon? Um, he's, he's like you said, he's only one run, run one backyard ultra and he qualified for the Australian team. So, and he's got a great um, pedigree, um, great oh, history he, of ultra running. He's one to watch. So he, he's on the Australian track team. So mm. uh, him and Nikki, him and Nikki Wind are pretty close. Yeah. Um, they're kind of teammates on the, um, is it the 24 hour track or maybe is it a 48 hour track? But yeah. 24, yeah. 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 So he, look, if he takes to backyard, and if if you see this trend made of of the track runners, you know, coming across or at least getting curious about backyards, mm. um, it'll be very very interesting. Um, yeah, if you can rock up and do forty something for your first backyard, like it's yeah, um, that's damn impressive. <laughs> yeah, God. yeah, but um, yeah, look. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, I can make it down and maybe even meet you there. Sure. Are, are you are you just in Melbourne? I'm in Geelong, which is an hour out of Melbourne. Yeah. Oh wow, mate. Yeah. I thought you'd still be at the pub, mate, after your big win. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been working all week. I don't even go for Geelong actually, but oh, I right. watch the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do Do you follow the AFL? You or you a rugby man? Um. Yeah, probably more rugby league, but yeah, I don't really watch much of it. But um, yeah, fair enough. I, I, tu I tuned in at different times during the grand final, and you know, I don't know, mate. That that was that they just blew it out of the water. I mean, yeah, that's got to be one of the worst defeats <laughs> in in history, or all the biggest wins in um, definitely one of them. Yeah, like, I think a lot of people might have turned it on to check the score, and mm. then seen the difference, and then just turned it turned it off again. Mm. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Hey, well, look, look, thanks heaps for the um, chat. Um, it's been awesome. No worries, Pat. I and mean, look, if you want to come to Dead Cow, um, just let us know. We can probably we can probably sneak you in. Yeah, if you awesome. Want to come next year. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like a thanks for the offer. I, I probably will take it up on take you up on. It's in <laughs> June, right? Um, it's it's Easter, mate. So oh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I'm, I can't. I, I'm the um Coburg twenty four hour is in is in April, so I can't. I won't be able to make that one. I'm gonna have to qualify by running over thirty five yards at the Devil's Lair. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can come to the Masters, mate. Yeah, get your thirty five yards. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. I, I am. I am so determined, and I I'm gonna train like an animal. Hmm. Hmm. Well, mate, yeah, hopefully I can meet you in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Thanks for the chat, mate. Awesome stuff. We'll keep in touch. Thanks, Pato. See ya. See ya, mate. Bye.